This podcast should not be considered as medical advice. If you are looking for medical advice, please contact a licensed physician. But do find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the Common Collective, as well as why the Common Collective resists new information. If you have to be persuaded, reminded, pressured, lied to, incentivized, coerced, bully, socially shamed, guilt-tripped, threatened, paid, punished, and criminalized. If all of this is considered necessary to gain your compliance, you can be absolutely certain that what has been promoted is not in your best interest. Author unknown. I was telling a friend today that I can't watch movies on Netflix anymore. Not because I don't watch TV or anything, but because what we are witnessing before our eyes is so much more interesting than just about any plot of a film that I might stream for fun. But a friend did recommend that we watch Midnight Special. I'll be honest, it's one of those films that if you aren't looking for subtext, it will come off pretty shallow. The movie is essentially a long chase sequence to capture a boy with supernatural powers that they never fully explain within the film itself. At the end, he reveals to a large portion of the nation that there is actually another world that exists right within the world we live in. It's just not visible. It's as if it exists on a different frequency that has to be dialed into by humans in order for them to see it. But those beings that live in that other world can watch humans, even though they can't be seen by the humans themselves. Bring in the boy's powers. He can create the visibility to this other world for humans. He can be that bridge. But let's get to the subtext, because this movie isn't all that interesting as its own device. What I got out of this was a lot of parallels to the situation we find ourselves in today with this pandemic. I use the word pandemic with air quotes liberally. It's as if there are these two worlds. For simplicity, let's call it narrative versus non-narrative. Like in the film, the non-narrative people can see the people on the narrative side and can experience what they consume in the form of news and content and conversation. But the narrative side are like the humans in the film. They are only dialed into their own frequency of masking, distancing, and vaccinating, all while oblivious to breakthrough cases, adverse reactions, conflicts of interest, and suppressed treatments. Just like the humans in the film, it's all there. They just can't access it in any meaningful way. Censorship, science manipulation, and how you market the narrative is a form of frequency adjustment. It distorts the frame and doesn't allow people to see that there's a whole other world of value and meaning all around them. I've already given away the film, but one of the funniest parts was that even after the boy had uncovered the secret world of the other beings to about a tri-state area where millions of people would have experienced seeing huge technologically advanced buildings and structures all around them, the authorities were later shown interviewing one of the main characters to get his statement, and he kept providing the story about the other world. The FBI agent implored him to change his story to something more mundane, and the character simply looked at him and said, I ain't changing my story. You guys saw it all too. And that's kind of where we find ourselves. It all seems a bit much, yet we've all seen it. Even a lot of the other side has been exposed to it to a certain extent. They've seen cracks in their story that a Volkswagen could fall through, but just like that FBI agent, they find themselves trying to write it all off as mundane and coincidental. But that's why we're here. We know what we know for a reason, and not unlike that kid in the film, we all have our own superpowers, our own abilities to connect with others and implore them to see through the manufactured frequency, to be the bridge to the world that is true. Fabiola, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Leo. That was 
powerful. Was did you like that? I, I I don't like to you to read those before because I like you to experience those for the the first time. Oh so. yeah, that was awesome. And you you saw the film, and we were kind of talking about um, you know what we got out of it because I think we watched it late last night, and and uh, we were kind of like. Uh, Okay, so where what what are the uh, what are we supposed to draw from that exactly? And and uh, you know we didn't go too deep, but it, it kind of hit me today. I was just trying to think. Okay, what well, what could the two worlds represent? What could the two worlds represent? Mm-hmm. You know, because they never really go into that in the movie. Uh-huh. You know, and and it's like okay, this seems like a big gap, but maybe they're letting you kind of fill in your own your own story there. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. it, and, and well, there's the, a lot of trusting there, which which the, the boy was pretty much like telling you, okay, there's this other stuff happening. It's just happening, you know? There's this other reality. And people kept, you know, giving them, uh, giving him a meaning of a savior because he had powers or, you know, they just kept going around the reality of the content that this this boy was saying you know they try to draw these other meanings that really had nothing to do with you know what what the boy was there what the boy was saying so i think it's very astounding that you made the parallels between well yeah that's that, that's my own I'm, sure, I'm sure yeah i'm sure someone else that would watch the film would would you know create their own you know where, where that applies but i mean that was um, I, I I think actually that may be the brilliance of a good film, you mm-hmm. know, is that you're not taking anything too specific. You can actually, you know, overlay it on many different uh, 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 paths, right? Mm-hmm. And and it has applicability. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so th- that was that. That, that was, was th- spot on. That I was good. Okay, really good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that that on. hit. Okay, yeah. I wish I had. I gotta record my little drum thing. You know, boom, boom. You know. <laughs> uh, but uh, big week. You know, we announced on the last episode that the, the our that particular episode was coming out when the uh, it was assumed that the Pfizer FDA approval was coming out, and that did happen. Um, but not exactly the way that not exactly the you're right. media or <laughs> whoever right. was portraying it. And when we first saw it, it was kind of like when the DOJ had the whole document saying how. Well, let, let's let's listen you could get to fired let, and whatnot. Let, let's listen really quickly to uh, Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA technology. Let's uh, listen to what he has to say on this particular topic here. Okay. Okay. The little trick that they've done here is they have issued two separate letters for two separate vaccines. The Pfizer vaccine, which is what is currently available is still under emergency use authorization and it still has the liability shield the 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 once again the mainstream media has lied to you i'm sorry to say that i know it's a shock to this worship but the the product that's licensed is the BioNTech product which is substantially similar but not necessarily identical it's called uh comernity i think that's how it's pronounced and it's not yet available. They haven't started manufacturing it or labeling it. And uh, that's the one that the liability waiver will no longer apply to. So the one that's actually licensed is not yet available. And when it does become available, it will no longer have the liability shield. In the interim, the one that does have the liability shield is the Pfizer product, and that's what's currently available, and it's still under emergency use authorization. So that's no change. Okay. The press has just not done their work and figured out what's actually yeah. going on here. Fine, but that's what we have. Okay, so uh, I thought it was a great little clip. Um, mm-hmm. if, if that flew over people's heads at all, um, you know, the, the, the big takeaway there is that, uh, first of all, what a weird name, Comernity. Um, I did want to uh, uh, just actually call out while we're right here because I posted in the uh, in the group here what oh here it is so community you mean like well what what the heck is that word in the is group it? you mean the the telegram, the telegram group. group which actually this is a good segue yes. please join us on <laughs> Telegram at the Collective Resistance Podcast uh, where we continue the conversation and we post a lot of uh, great content. Uh, uh, some funny stuff, uh, high quality satire, yes. and, and uh, we also uh, uh, put in uh, just a lot of great 
data and news that uh, we try to filter out the fluff uh, uh, for if you. If you're looking for a community, it's just a great community. Yeah, and it's not huge. You know, it's probably about 50 people right now. So, but we're 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 always looking for more people. So so please come and join. Um, now, uh, comedy, which is not comernity, but it's kind of interesting because uh, if you pull out three letters from comernity, you get comedy. And what are those three letters? They are R N A. Okay. <laughs> so then the word comedy, if you look that up on Wikipedia, it says in law, comedy is a practice among different political entities as countries, states, or courts, or different jurisdictions involving the mutual recognition of legislative, executive, and judicial acts. So, um, you know, we were kind of talking about. World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. One World uh, Government, all this type of thing. You know, their Great Reset. It's just an interesting word to choose, and and you know, infer what you will. But if you take the the letters uh, R and A and you stick them in the middle of the word comedy, you get comernity. Wow. Okay. So uh, there you go. There you have that. Um, let's uh, let's keep moving along here. Um, with the mandates coming along, because you know that was another thing that happened was that with the approval, Joe Biden, you know, he's pseudo uh, approval. Joe Biden is, is is not obviously mandated because he can't, but he's asking uh, the uh, private sector and organizations to uh, um, to mandate for him. Uh, so we're, we haven't seen the fallout from that yet. I mean, we know some uh, organizations have already started that process. Uh, we haven't felt the brunt of that just yet in, in, in these uh, first few days, but uh, we expect to be hearing about stuff related to it uh, pretty soon because uh, I'm sure it's at the top of everyone's minds. But, but back to that Robert Malone clip uh, really quickly because there was something I forgot to mention because the, the key takeaway there is that all of the... Um, the uh, inventory that is out there right now is the Pfizer vaccine. It's not the Comirnaty vaccine. That's under EUA. That's under uh, yeah, uh, emergency use authorization. And so what that EUA gives them under the PREP Act to the, I think that's the 2005 PREP Act, mm-hmm. I believe, it gives them a liability shield. He mentions that in that clip. So yeah, that means if there is any injury due to taking the vaccine, then the uh, Pfizer is not liable in any way to pay out any damages. And neither can you go to the government to redress for damages as well. That That is considered an experimental vaccine. And even though this other product, which is... Um, according to them, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not what is being given under the EUA, and it's not what's on the shelves at all the clinics and, and uh, doctor's offices right now. So what does that also mean? Well, the Comirnaty vaccine, as we understand, is not in production yet. They've just started production, and so it's going to take some time for that to uh, gestate and then to get into the shelves of all of these facilities. And uh, uh, at that point, when you can actually get a hold of the community version, there will not be a liability shield. Uh, so that means if you do get injured, then you could potentially sue the vaccine manufacturer at Pfizer in this case for damages. Now, um, so so what's interesting about that? Well, they are marketing it in the news as if the Pfizer vaccine is FDA approved. Right. And so what that's trying to confuse everyone. Well, so what that's going to do is it's going to, you're going to see, um, you know, a a large percentage. I'm I'm not going to say a a majority, but you're going to see a a big chunk of people who've probably been holding out for uh, FDA approval. You're going to see them run and go and get the shot. They're like, okay, it's FDA approved now. And they're going to get, the EUA vaccine, they're not going to get the comernity, which would allow them to redress their grievances through, uh, you know, an economic uh, uh, 
legal proceedings. And and uh, so, uh, were you able to verify where this community vaccine is being manufactured? Well, that that was one thing I was not able to completely sort out. Um, you know, so I mean, it, it would be what you would consider a conspiracy theory to say that it is. Uh, uh, China made. Uh, it, there, there is some some evidence. Well, we're saying that because we haven't confirmed confirmed it yet. It yet but it, there is some information out there that that looks like the actual uh, production facilities and whatnot are Chinese facilities because uh, it looks like the community vaccine itself, uh, from what we can find. Uh, you know, it didn't do any trials in the U.S. on Americans. They actually did these trials on, um, I think, people in. Uh, like Hong Kong and Macau oh, uh, yeah. is is where they did these trials from. So so uh, that's another interesting thing. You're like, can you can you give an FDA approval on a vaccine <laughs> that wasn't tested on actual Americans? And then just say, well, it's similar enough to this other vaccine, so we're just gonna say, yeah, yeah. They're saying it is it is the same formula, yet it is distinct. Yes. So, so do the math on that. I mean, that just seems like uh, creative marketing there. You know, if it's distinct, it has something about it that's different. And then if we didn't test it on Americans, then can we really be that? Uh, yeah, uh, if the one that had trials in America is still under the EUA, how come the one that doesn't, didn't get tried here? Is approved. Well, and, and some people asked, you know, they wondered why the uh, approval on this community was only 16 year olds and above because mm -hmm. the EUA for the Pfizer vaccine is for 12 years and above. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were speculating initially, saying, well, you know, maybe it was because, you know, the, the, the children's study started later and stuff like that. But it looks like it's because Comirnaty is a totally separate vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and they, only had done their studies on 16 plus they didn't do them on 12 plus so they they couldn't approve the uh comernity version because there was no study done at the 12 year old plus uh, level so very intriguing very interesting and uh, but but i mean the I, i was speaking to a friend today and i said you know if you uh had the opportunity to get a um The same vaccine, let's just call it the same for, for conversation's sake, if we go by what they're telling us to believe about it, the same vaccine, one, you have no protection to be able to uh, sue if you're hurt, and the other one, you do have protection where you can sue and but get you damages. Can get it. <laughs> you, yeah, but, well, no, no, I'm just saying, if, if, you, if you could get either, yeah. then which one would you pick? You know, well, I mean, obviously, you'd have to be a complete dolt, you know, an idiot, not to get the one where you could sue to get damages, right? If it's the same product, you know, so, 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 you know, there's going to be a mass people that are going to rush out and get the original Pfizer one. And, and some of them are going to get injured. We know that we know there's a large number of injuries. Some of them are going to get injured. Some may even die. And those families will not be able to sue because mm -hmm. uh, the, the actual community version probably won't be in shelves for some time. And and uh, so it just 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 blows my mind. And then and then what somebody else brought up on a um, um, another clip was that what this will actually allow Pfizer to do is bridge the gap, uh, because then in the meantime they will be working with the government to try to work out some type of liability protection for the community version. Um, but they're not going to be giving it to anybody in the meantime. So they're going to benefit immediately from the marketing of the press saying Pfizer is FDA approved and everybody's going to run and get the original EUA version. So sales are going to go up. And then in the meantime, while they ramp up production, they'll, they'll coordinate with the government to get some level of, of, uh, of liability protection, just like all other vaccines, you know, fall up under the uh, vaccine injury compensation program where you can't sue the manufacturers directly. You know, that would be the DTAP, the MMR, you know, all the childhood vaccines. You actually have to sue the government uh, and then the government uh, uh, will award you out of a uh, fund that they collect where I think it's something like around a dollar per vaccine that they issue out that goes into that fund to pay uh, um, any lawsuit wins that uh, that have to get paid out. So, um, and you may not have known that. If you want a little bit more information on uh, 
the vaccine injury compensation program, then you might want to check out uh, uh, Andy Wakefield's uh, 1986 The Act film, which uh, I think came out this last spring. And he uh, walks through the creation of the legislation that, that shielded uh, vaccine manufacturers from uh, legal liability. Uh, great, you know, it's great that that film exists, just came out uh, uh, in the spring. So check that out. Uh, do some Google searching for where you can uh, stream and rent that. Um, so now we wanted to talk about what with these mandates coming, mm-hmm. what can you do? Yes. You know, and, um, you know, I know that you, uh, you had a, um, uh, a little question. Well, actually what it was, was, uh, it was somebody had posted that, uh, on Instagram and it was actually quite good. Um, and what they were basically saying is, you know, don't tell your employer you're ju- you're just not getting it. Uh, basically go to them as an inquisitive person curious, curious. Remember how we always talk about being where, curious where where you're saying okay well look you know i understand that you want us to get this vaccine uh but i have some concerns based on uh some of the information that i've read and you know since well, you, the, 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 well but since you guys are no no but i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just adding to it but <laughs> oh, yeah but since since, since the since the uh we the, don't say what we read because it's just like this conspiracy theory that's why we always ask questions. It's kind of like, you know, when people say that vaccines don't cause autism. And if you actually go to court um, on the premise that your child was injured and now has a diagnosis of autism, they immediately, uh, the vaccine compensation program, program that we immediately drop your claim. So you really need to be strategic and you need to think critically and look at all the ingredients of the vaccines and then start researching on studies that actually could show that those ingredients may cause brain damage and all the pitfalls of all the clinical trials for those vaccines too which you know we're not done with saline placebos for example Uh, Then you need to compare, okay, what is the toxicity level of the injection based based on EPA guidelines? I mean, you need to really break things down. You can't just say, I'm not getting this vaccine because somebody told me that it's part of depopulation agenda, (laughs) right? That's not going to fly. So you really need to be methodical and detailed and really think about how to break this down so their advice on instagram which i don't even know who posted that because you were the instagram no i I don't even know i mean i'm also one of those people where it's like i don't need it to be from you know sanjay gupta or something i mean Mm -hmm. i can read something i can say okay yeah these are actual quality questions that 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 you can ask it doesn't really matter if a janitor wrote them okay so (laughs) but that's right but but the context here is that you are but we always like to give credit Right, right, but the con- but the context here is that you are being curious with your employer, and you are giving them an opportunity to educate you on why they think that your concerns are should not have to be concerns. And 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 here's the point that the 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 uh, author of this makes is that uh, they're not going to have the answers. Okay, they're not going to know these things. And so they're going to be in a very interesting position because you're saying, hey, you've made this decision and, and you tell me you tell us that you've weighed the risks for the employees and, and, and it's it's a necessity that we have to have this. So they're making the case that they have done diligence and they have collected data. They're not going to be able to answer these questions and they're going to be put in a pickle because then you're going to say, well, if you can't answer these questions, then how can I feel good about being forced to take this? So, yeah, so you yeah. want to walk us through some of sure. this? Sure. So, here's what it says: If you're being forced to any drug in order to keep your job, here's an intelligent way to handle it: Do not flat out decline. Okay, very important. Do not flat out decline. Um, you can tell them. The following in writing, if you want in writing, ask them the following questions. I'd be most grateful if you could please provide the following information in accordance with the statutory legal requirements. Number one, 
Can you please advise me of the approved legal status of any required drug and if it, it's experimental? Question mark. Question two. Can you please provide details and assurances that the required drug has been fully independently and regular, rigorously tested against control groups and the subsequent outcomes of those tests? Question three, can you please advise a full list of contents of the required drug I am to receive and if any are toxic to the body? Question four, can you please fully advise of all the adverse reactions associated with required drugs since its introduction? Okay, and then there is a follow-up to this. One, you confirm, you tell the, the employer, you confirm that I will suffer no harm. So you write to your employer that they need to confirm that. Two, following acceptance of this, the offer must be signed by a fully qualified doctor who will take full legal and financial responsibility for any injuries occurring to myself and or from any interaction by authorized personnel regarding these procedures. Three, in the event that I should have to decline the offer of required drug, please confirm that it will not compromise my position and that I will not suffer prejudice and discrimination as a result. I would also advise that my ineligible, ineligible. ineligible rights are reserved. Five, can you please confirm that the required drug you are advocating is not experimental mRNA gene altering therapy? Six, can you please confirm that I will not be under any duress from yourself as my employer in compliance with the Nuremberg Code? Seven, can you please advise me of the likely risk of fatality should I be unfortunate to contract COVID-19 and the likelihood of recovery. Once I have received the above information in full and I'm satisfied that there's no threat to my health, I will be happy to accept your offer to receive the treatment, but with certain conditions. Oh, the conditions I already read. One, confirm that I will suffer no harm. Two, right. following acceptance of this offer must be signed by a fully qualified doctor. We got it, we got it, we got it. You got it, okay. <laughs> I, I did it out of order, sorry. But... um. We're going to post again on the Telegram group so people can... Well, I mean, I think I can I can link to the Instagram page. Oh, you can? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so. We'll link it in the show notes so you can read and you can use that. So that is one thing you can do. Um, there, there was another thing here. Um, there was actually somebody that noticed inside the actual FDA approval that there were uh, several... Um, exclusion criteria lists and what these were 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 things that uh, excluded people from the tests the actual trials and whatnot and so these are a lot of for the comor come not well well great question the, i'm not sure that it gets into that it um, must be because if it's the approval right right you would think that yeah. and and so then the actual list when you open it up which again we'll link to this these exclusions, you know, hypertension, diabetes, chronic pulmonary disease, asthma, you you currently vape or smoke, you know, history of chronic smoking, you have a BMI of over 30 uh, kgm squared. I'm not sure how that, that reads. But anyway, there's a long laundry list here. There's probably 40 things in the list. and um, So meaning those people would be... Well, th these, are, these were all people who were excluded... From the trials. It, okay. Yeah, from oh, the okay. trials. Yeah. So they couldn't take the vaccine well, as part I of the trials. Well, I think that was part of uh, the regular trials, too. There were a lot of exclusions. And, and the point that they're making here is that they're saying, um, you know, 
when being told you must get vaccinated, explain that the product approval was based on the exclusion criteria and therefore the approval does not apply to you. Provide the conditional approval if they can provide you with evidence that the product is safe for your conditions. But you know, if your condition was not included in the in the, the trial and whatnot, or you were purposely excluded from from the uh, the data that was collated, then uh, uh, you know you shouldn't have to uh, subject yourself to a, a treatment that was not tested under that uh, right. uh, that particular comorbidity that you may have. So again, we'll link to that as well. And you know. The- this information is really fresh, so we try to like we try to parse get through us, it, yeah. parse through as much as we could to give some clarity because we felt that was such urgency in the matter that we had to explain to people: don't get bamboozled or don't let them bamboozle you. Well, it's some interesting things when you read that Into actual believing this is official approval. You will see that there are all these deferred studies um, which have to do with children and pregnant women. You know, we can just kind of look through here. The, these studies are, you know, the, the results are not in. Right, mm-hmm. they're not done, and so there's a laundry list of these. There's the deferred pediatric study to evaluate the safety and effectiveness of Coumarinati in children 12 through 15 years of age. It says that the study completion date is May 31st, 2023. Final report submission of October 31st, 2023. There is the deferred pediatric study to evaluate the safety and effectiveness of Coumarinati in infants and children six months to just under 12 years of age. That one won't complete until November. November 30th, 2023. Final report submission is May 31st of 2024. Um, And I mean, there's many more here. Let me just point out for like pregnant women, I believe uh, that one. Yeah, I think this is it. Anyway, it's it's the similar dates here. It is... um, Here's the one with myocarditis. To evaluate the occurrence of myocarditis and pericarditis following the administration of Comirnaty, uh, you know, that one is study completion March 31st, 2024. Final report submission September 30th, 2024. Um, same thing again, like I said, with, with infants and then the... Uh, um, pregnant women. So, you know, there's all this data that's still yet. There's a lot of gap. A lot of it. Um, Gaps. I, mean, I actually read the full approval document, which was several pages. Um, and uh, it's just really intriguing how little data that they're actually basing this on. And we've got a great clip that we want to dive in. It's a little long, you know, it's just under 10 minutes, but uh, we think that this particular doctor uh, does a fantastic job of breaking open uh, from the uh, the clinical side because what she's talking about is the actual vaccine insert, which is what the uh, uh, doctors are supposed to read through, have an understanding mm-hmm. of, so that they can provide informed consent right. and whatnot to people when they come in to get the shot. And uh, she's talking about just how uh, paltry that this thing is. So this is the Stu Peters uh, program, and uh, we'll... Uh, 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 he he introduces this doctor, and let's hear what she has to say here. It's very, very interesting. I don't need to tell you that the biggest story of the day is this FDA approval of the Pfizer jab, falsely been referred to as a vaccine for I don't know how many months, continuing to promote death and tragedy in American families across the nation. Dr. Jane Ruby is joining us now on this FDA approval. This is unprecedented. Sue, this is a day that will live in infamy, I swear. This is what I've been waiting for for all these months. What I'm holding in my hand here is what we call the prescriber's information or the package insert. And I've explained that document many times on your show. Uh, This document is supposed to contain all the key details from the study, the pharmacokinetics, how the drug behaves, where it goes, how the body eliminates it, uh, all the safety data. This document is so paltry. I, I have to tell you, in my estimation, the FDA itself has violated its own federal regs. And in that, in that situation, to me, this is an illegal approval and the FDA is committing crimes. Let me explain why I say that. First of all, they approved this as a a prevention. They literally say, quote, to prevent COVID-19 for um, 12, uh, I'm sorry, for 16 years and above. 
Uh, they go on to say that they are approving or seeking approval for a third shot uh, and, and further approval, as you know, for 12 to 15 years old. They, they, they leave a lot of information out. There's a lot of data missing. The animal studies, the preclinical, as we suspected, were probably not done or not disclosed. Those are required to be in the package insert. None of that shows up here. And the only contraindication, you have to, you have to wrap your heads around this, the only contraindication, which is listed on a package insert, those are all the, the people or the conditions under which you should never give this medication. There's only one, Stu, and it's anaphylaxis, which is a severe reaction or allergic reaction to any kind of chemical. And, and they, they ride on the coattails of the emergency use authorization. And I have to tell you, there's nothing in this world that has no limits to it. The, an EUA is not a free pass to poison the world. I want to take the, the listeners or the, the viewers rather through uh, this document because you have to understand I've identified what I believe are at least 20 crimes uh, in this package insert that the FDA committed. Uh, let me let me go through those. OK, yeah. first of all, they they approve it. Uh, for the SARS-CoV-2. We know, we've been talking about this for weeks, no one's ever isolated or shown the, the, the proof that it's been isolated uh, from a human being or in a human being, right? Uh, they, they, the second crime, they disclose nothing of what they legally are obligated to do. We don't know if the company didn't do it. This company is getting away literally with murder. Remember we talked about the black box warning? On the front of this package insert, there is a warning, but it's very light. It's very brief. It mentions two things. Out of all the things we've witnessed, we've seen the Brittany Galvins with, uh, with Guillain-Barre. We've seen people with blood clots drop dead or have the blood clots shown on your show that are as large as baseballs. None of that is revealed in here at all. Uh, the two things are myocarditis, and they say, gee, it happens basically within seven days following the second dose. And the second issue that they warn doctors about is fainting. And watch this. They say the only recommendation is procedure should be in place to make sure the person doesn't injure themselves when they fall. And then under the adverse event reaction section, there's nothing about blood clotting, about neurological damage, about uh, uh, damage to the, the organs, and all of the other things we've seen. How about all the hematologic uh, damage. There's nothing, Stu. There isn't any mention of it. Uh, let me go on. And by the way, where are all the adverse events on that adverse reaction section of this thing that the CDC listed, which, which is what I just enumerated? Another, another crime. They say it's for intramuscular injection only. Well, people are out there in social media, and I've watched them because I'm a nurse practitioner. I've given thousands of injections of all types, and a lot of people are injecting this subcutaneously. They squeeze the fat under the arm, and they just stick it in the fat. Yeah, I've That's seen that. not intramuscular. Mm -hmm. Right. The other thing is um, they talk about the vials and that each vial has six doses in it. Uh, uh, and, and they, they discuss how to, to dilute it with normal saline, right? This is physiologic saline that you could literally drink or put in an IV. All right. The crime they commit is that they, they say you have to use their normal saline, but they ship it separately. Okay. So, so what is someone to do if they don't have that, if it didn't show up with the frozen, uh, Pfizer shot, they use their own normal saline, Right. Okay, lot, lots of problems here, Stu. Let me just go through a couple of other things because I think people need to be aware of the dangers. This is actually corroborated for me, the dangers that we've been sus uh, suspicious of, the little bit of information we've gotten from some of the researchers who've looked inside the vials, who've done blood smears. Let me go on to just share a little bit more. Please. Um, they clearly say that you uh, cannot mix this with other injections, other, you know, vaccines from other companies. Yet we've seen on CDC documents that if they took their first shot from Pfizer, yeah, they can go ahead and get one from Johnson and Johnson. It's crazy. Um, let me, let me share something else. 
They do acknowledge here, Stu, that immunocompromised patients, those are people whose immune systems are subdued, could be from a disease like an autoimmune disease. Oftentimes it's because they're taking medication to protect them uh, from rejecting, say, a transplanted organ. They go on to say, and I quote, immunocompromised persons, including individuals receiving immunosuppressant therapy, may have a diminished immune response to uh, this injection. And by the way, uh, they don't say not not to give it, right? They don't tell you you shouldn't give it for myocarditis and pericarditis. They use very reassuring language that mostly everybody recovered. Yeah, a few people made it to the ICU. You know, Stu, we've had over, as far as I know, worldwide, we've probably had over 500 deaths in 12 to 17-year-old uh, children uh, from myocarditis or some kind of ca- cardiac event. Um, this is just outrageous. Um, they also say because the clinical trials were conducted under varying conditions, that adverse event rates observed in the clinical trials of the vaccine uh, cannot be directly compared to rates in clinical trials of, of, of another vaccine. Um, it's just unbelievable here. Um, I've, I've just seen so many things. They actually admit what I reported on your show a few weeks ago the protocol that's listed on clinicaltrials.gov, they actually replicated that information. Stu, the the study was technically between December 19th, right, of of 2020 and uh, March of 2021. And they they confirm that this was a combination of a phase one, two, and three. Remember I've explained that the, the four phases of human research come after the animal studies, which we call preclinical. That first phase is just a few people. It's very regimented. There's a a procedure for each of those phases. They just lumped everybody in, Stu, for phases one, two, and three. They did a dose-finding study on the the world's citizens without their knowledge and permission. Um, it's, It's just unbelievable. I have to tell you that I'm I'm more upset with what I've seen in this package insert. I also want to share with you that the majority of tables that they put inside this package insert is really around very, you know, insignificant to me, insignificant side effects, temporary swelling, a little bit of redness at the site. You know, people are dying from blood clots. Uh, the, 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 you know, you, you know, the whole gamut, the of neurological course, yeah. damage, they can't walk anymore. When you look at the safety data, just for one section alone, Stu, they show their injection compared to placebo, and then they show dose two. Remember the second injection? Yes. This is approved now as a two-shot series. The the, uh, side effect profile after the second dose is right here in black and white. It's 10 times that of shot number one. So we now have confirmation uh, of of that, that the second shot is much more dangerous. I wanna give people some hope, Stu. There was a discovery I made in this package insert that we haven't really seen the details around until now. And that is that they literally said from December of 2020 to March, 2021, uh, that 50% of the people who were inoculated got a placebo. So it gives people, yes, some hope that 50% of the population, uh, it almost makes me want to cry with joy because we don't know, they know who you are. Right. We are not going to know who those people are. I mean, I think it's really important that we acknowledge. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop that right there. Um, I thought that was really interesting because, I mean, we had talked about Maybe a lot of people were getting placebo. Yeah, there's uh, some people saying, "Oh, I got it; had no side effects at all." And that's actually and you true. Wonder, yeah, because most, you know, most people that I know that got it said, "Oh, it was awful." You know, I was sick. I had brain fog. Oh my gosh, all the. And there were a couple people that said, "Yeah, I I got the shot. Nothing. Nothing happened. I didn't feel anything. Didn't even hurt." Wild, wild stuff. Yeah. And some things that, that, that jumped out for me in that was, um, you know, she talked about the only contraindication was anaphylaxis. That's the only thing. You know, crazy? it's just nuts. That's the only thing they list. And then the Just other- looking at the trials when we went through the paperwork, how many adverse reactions there were. Well, and, and then... Um, and if you look at VAERS, the VAERS data, oh my gosh. Oh, you I... You know, deaths and neurological... Uh, 
issues. We we have seen some of the most disturbing things, you know, in in some of these groups mm-hmm. uh, as far as the uh, uh, the vaccine reaction posts mm-hmm. uh, and people having seizures like six months. After, you know, yeah, post, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's just nuts, and so to think that that none of that's even noted, Mentioned, yeah, you know, in fine print on a uh, uh, a vaccine insert, insert, which which you know, I'd like to ask, uh, you know, everybody that's listening, you know, when was the last time w- that you got a shot that you remember the doctor actually getting out the vaccine insert and walking you through? For true informed consent, they don't. They don't do that. We know they don't yeah, do that. Yeah, they don't do it. I remember the last time I took one of our children to the pediatrician. That was years ago. We don't do pediatricians anymore because we had so, so many bad experiences. We had some experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So they they were ready. She was telling me, "Okay, you should go ahead and do these shots." And I was like, "What are my options?" And she's talking to me and. And then she she brings the, the, the vaccine in or the shot in and thinking it's one thing. So I was thinking it was going to be a one single shot vial. And I just happened to gather my strength and courage and ask her, um, could we take a look at that insert real quick? And uh, come, she starts reading the insert and then just the levels of aluminum and whatever else was in, in that um and that injection were so like astronomical that she realized right there that she actually had gotten the the wrong vaccine. <laughs> and you know, when she said that, I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Yeah, I'm gonna pass for today. <laughs> and I never okay? went back. <laughs> well, and then the other thing that that uh, jumped out at me, she was talking about uh, organ transplant patients were. Um, uh, that they, they were mentioning them in the insert that you know that they should be uh, uh, just aware that that it can create a diminished immune are, response. If you are immune compromised, yeah, you have a diminished be- because you're immune taking response. immunosuppressants because you're transplanting organs. Well, and then the vaccine itself is an immune suppressant too. <laughs> well, and and here's the interesting thing is that we've also heard, uh, or at least I have, I've seen clips. There, there's one going around of a gentleman who who was kicked off of the um, organ transplant list because oh, yeah, saw... they were forcing uh, them to get vaccine. In fact, I think it was... That t- was an article. Tucker, Tucker Carlson had him on, uh, I think, a week and a half ago or something. And so so isn't that wild that, that hospitals are forcing immunocompromised people to get a vaccine that even the manufacturer is stating, hey, we're aware it can cause issues, you know. Mm. We're, we're not saying don't take yeah, it. Yeah, a lot but, of people getting denied treatment, too, yeah. for not being vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, just there's so much going on. It's crazy. And and, and then I kind of just wanted to know, what is the, the ethical nature of then, because, you know, they're marketing the Pfizer vaccine as it's FDA approved now. Now, we understand, we talked about this nuance around the community and the two different um the two different uh, versions, if you will, um, which still remains to be completely sorted out. But but uh, uh, if they're marketing it that the Pfizer is FDA approved, then what is the the uh, ethical nature of then still offering the Moderna and the J and J, which are not FDA approved? Because because now you're 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 saying because first of all, we know there's plenty of stock of the the Pfizer vaccine because they haven't. Uh, um, they haven't. They didn't have the uptake in the vaccine that they thought they were going to have. Only half the country has has uh, has taken it. So I'm not even sure if it's that high. Yeah. You know, they're they're pumping the numbers up as much as they can. So like they pump the case. Yeah, like cases. they pump the case numbers. So it's just interesting that that uh, um, you know now we 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 uh, uh, you know we can't. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Yeah. Well, we but we said that we wanted to talk about what people can do. So I, I read a little blurb earlier about things you can ask your employer and assurances you can require them to give to you before you you submit <laughs> to the tyranny. But there is also a great resource called um, the Healthy American dot org website, and we'll link to this. And we talked about that before and. Peggy Hall is phenomenal. She's the one that 
uh, puts all this legal content on her website and how you can protect your rights, what your rights are, where to go, resources. Um, and so she has an, uh, an article called 25 Q&A um, uh, questions and answers about vaccines and religious exemptions specifically. But I just wanted to go through a few of these because I thought they were very, very interesting. And we'll link in the show notes so that you guys can go and check them out for yourself. But uh, one of the questions was, do I, uh, if you work for an, an employer, right, that's forcing you, and I think that might even apply if you um, are self-employed, because we have some listeners that are in that category, and they're not really sure um, how to, um, you know, how to handle Approach if, the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the questions here says, do I have to fill out the form at work asking about my vaccination status? Isn't that a violation of HIPAA? Uh, and the answer is, ask your boss what the result would be if you declined to state. Do you have an employment agreement in place authorizing your boss to ask you for medical information? And I would say the answer to that question is probably no. <laughs> They're asking you is not a violation of HIPAA because HIPAA has to do with your health insurance company giving out your medical information. But it is a violation of your right to privacy protected by the Constitution. So she says, if I were to ask if I were asked about my vaccine status, I would say I'm fully immunized, which means that your immune system is working just fine. <laughs> so it, you wouldn't be lying there. Um, and then there's questions like, what if my state doesn't allow for religious exemption? So uh, Peggy's husband is a pastor in California. So they have been providing people that want it uh, religious exemption. So it says here, every state is required to accommodate religious exemptions because it is a federal law to do so. Title seven of the U S civil rights act prohibits discrimination based on religion. The only exception is for K through 12 schools in a couple of states, such as California, they are illegally forbidding those exemptions. It's better to get your kids out of government schools anyway. <laughs> Don't trust the government with your money. Don't trust your kids to the government either. Um, should I get a medical exemption or a religious exemption? Um, if you have a bona fide medical condition that prevents you from getting the jab, taking a test or wearing a mask, and if you have a doctor who will write the exemption, that is a valid approach. However, it may be difficult to find a doctor who will do so, especially in these day, this day and age where doctors are just scared. Um, but you can, I still feel like you can have a scientific discussion, at least with your doctor, because this is what we've done for, for our kids, you know, where you can pretty much ask them questions. Okay, what are the risks versus benefits? You know, my kids have these conditions. You have their medical records. They're allergic to X, Y, and Z. Um, I believe this warrants them an exemption. Would you write one for them? And that's how we got ours for our kids. Uh, can the government mandate vaccines? I think uh, most listeners of our show know that, that, that they can't. And the question also uh, says, what if they are approved by the FDA? The answer is still no, they can't. It doesn't matter if the vaccines are approved or not. You still have authority over your own body. The government is putting pressure on businesses and bribing them with millions of dollars to do their dirty work for them. Can the government require women to have hysterectomies and men to have vasectomies because of the overpopulation crisis? That will be the next if people don't stop uh, if people don't stop complying. You have to fight against this medical tyranny. Uh, and also their webs their website they offer um, legal counsel if you need a religious consulting counsel. right yeah you can consult with them. Um, another question is can my job require me to get tested and wear a mask if I'm not vaccinated? And she says tests and masks are also under an emergency use authorization and you have the right to no consent. 
if even if they were approved medical interventions, you have the right to seek a religious exemption if you need, um, and they can help you get, help you with that. Um, another question I thought was interesting. She had is uh, I I don't belong to an organized religion, which is our case. We don't belong to an organized religion. Uh, can you still do a religious exemption if you if you don't? Uh, belong to an organized religion? And the answer is yes, you can. The law does not require you to belong to any organization, organized religion, church, group, etc. Your own sincerely held spiritual beliefs that guide your life, your choices, your actions is enough. And they can also help with that. And there are many more very, very interesting questions. One of them, can my employer, school government, deny my religious exemption? She says, not if you seek it based on sincerely held religious or ethical moral beliefs. They can't deny it. Um, and you don't need an attorney for that. Um, let me see if there's any others. Um do I have to tell my boss my vaccine status? Ask what the consequences are if you decline to state. If it were me, uh, if it was her, she says she was fully immunized. I yeah, you mentioned that one, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know, that's good. And you oh, said there's can, like can I get fired if I don't get the jab? A lot of people ask us this question. And here she says... Um, your boss, I guess, could fire you, but it would be unlawful termination if based on religious discrimination. That is why they recommend uh, that you get a religious exemption. But, you know, let, let's do be realistic as well, because, um, you know, at-will employment is a reality here in the United States for the most part. And, and uh, if they can't fire you for that, then they could come up with some non-performance excuse that's not related so you know you just have to be prepared you know, or you have to just document everything the interaction yeah because you could come back and say well look they came to me for this vaccination yeah. i said no then all of a sudden they had problems with my performance you know yeah and that's when we say you know you really have to be a few steps ahead mm -hmm. because most people don't know this information yeah. Right. And they don't know where to access. They think it doesn't exist. They think whatever the media and the government says is true. So you have a leg up already because you know there are resources and um, you can get help and you have a brain and you can critically think, I am sure, and you'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of going through most of the stuff that I had. One thing that I, um, did you have anything else that you wanted to go through? Because I, I did have that one video that I thought was very, very, yeah. um, you know, just kind of rallying the troops, right? And mm -hmm. what it is, is it's just a ton of clips from different doctors. And it doesn't quite have the gravitas that uh, watching the video does. Yeah, because the video gave me goosebumps. Yeah, because you can actually see who the doctors are. Obviously, it's cutting from one interview to the next. Uh, but still, the the message, you, you might recognize a lot of these voices. You know, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, uh, um, there, there's that one doctor, Robert F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Robert Malone, um, uh, Scott, Dr. Scott Jensen. I mean, there's a bunch of people in this. Uh, so we will link to the Rumble version or the BitChute mm -hmm. version of the video if you want to see that. Uh, but it was uh, Rumble, I think. it's really good. So let's let's go out on this, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap up the episode here. have planned this it's all planned now why they planned this i don't know and i don't even think i want to know this system is being put in place using lies and it's being put in place using lies for some purpose and i believe that purpose is complete totalitarian control and i think the purpose of that is going to be mass depopulation one of our problems here is the assumption that this is like every other vaccine right. we've ever yeah. seen, and it's not. 
It's the greatest experiment that has ever been performed in the history of medicine, and it's being performed on human beings. It's just an incredible thought. So all of this started to come together, and we started to get kind of a sick feeling in our stomachs that, wait a minute, this is science gone bad here. None of this is supposed to be happening. The CDC has never otherwise explained these stats, and they are so tightly related to the vaccine. 50% of healthcare providers are absolutely not getting this injection. We don't trust the data. The Fox guarded the hen house. The companies did their own data. There were no independent observer groups. You should disregard all announcements about case rates in your community because they're completely fraudulent. The very inventor of the PCR test, Nobel Prize winner Kerry Mullis, said this test in itself is not a diagnosis. And with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. But they said we're being pressured in-house to add COVID to the diagnostic list when we think it has nothing to do with the actual cause of death. As a physician, I received an email last week from the Department of Health coaching me on how to fill out death certificates. It's another level now uh, of criminality. There's a lot of other doctors who's, who Where feel the they? same way. Well, they're too frightened to speak up. And as soon as that happens, a notification, and you're in, in the front of the medical board. Dr. Robert Malone is a vaccine expert. He is the inventor of mRNA technology. He's undergone systematic attack. His history is literally being erased online. These fact-checking groups, for example, factcheck.org, they're funded by an organization that holds over $1.8 billion of stock in a vaccine company. Once I was censored, I feel like I've kind of gone into this other world and now I'm surrounded by people that, that it's kind of normal to have their work talked about in a strange way. Sent me there to cover the COVID treatments at that hospital. I just wasn't supposed to ask that question. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative. They are trying to push a narrative that is not based on the decades of immunology. Nobody's in the hospital. How's that possible in a medical pandemic? That's fake news, that's why. <laughs> People have turned to Facebook to share their stories and experiences, with one group reaching almost 65,000 members. It was removed overnight for no apparent reason. The, the victims of this vaccine, they're not being able to tell their story. Well, the censoring has been going on for well over a year. It's well documented. It's unequivocal. TikTok is taking down all of my sounds so that you guys can't hear my story. The great Barrington Declaration, authored and signed by three of the world's leading experts in epidemiology, infectious diseases, and vaccines. We've got to the point where scientists such as yourselves need to kind of gather for uh, secret meetings in, uh, in houses to come out with declarations of dissent. Are you of the same opinion? I don't think I can answer that question. Why not? Anyone who speaks out against this line of policy is, is shut down. I basically have to be in line with the government line. Do you want your physicians and scientists, their voices suppressed? We're polarized right now. We're polarized. And, and threaten investigation and discipline for any physicians who express any of the negative aspects of any of these interventions, uh, no matter what the evidence says. It is great! You're not the first doctor I've heard from maybe got unusual visits from the state or, you know, basically got a lot of pushback. You have to realize the number of doctors and scientists who are saying no to all this outnumbers those who say yes. And if this is the mountain, if this is the hill where I get nailed on, I will get nailed on it. I don't care. You can report me to the boards, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but I'm not going to let Americans die. 75 years ago, Herman Gehring testified at the Nuremberg trials, and he was asked, how did you make the German people go along with all this? And he said, it's an easy thing. The only thing a government needs to make people into slaves is fear. You can do this in a Nazi regime. You can do it in a socialist regime. You can do it in a communist regime. You can do it in a monarchy and a democracy. We, the Germans, are asking this question how it happens in the 1930s. And a lot of people are now getting a sense 
how it happened. We're held hostage to more and more mutations that can be used to manipulate us over and over again and take away our freedoms. We've used these tactics in other countries to manipulate, divide and conquer. Now we're watching our own government, our own military use them against us. Men of our unit and our service believe that we're pointing our weapons in the wrong direction. This time now the tyranny is against us and our people and we can't see it because it's on our home soil where it's never been before. We need to start looking at ourselves as officers and thinking is what I'm doing right. You don't get to just say, I'm following orders. And if that costs you your job, so be it. At least you'll be able to look at yourself in the mirror at night. They start enforcing the communist state through the vaccine passport. Please, Australia, do not move to any goalpost the second you do. They start to build the fascist state. In Australia, people have had it too good for too long. And they see these communist countries and they think, there's no way that could happen here. We are the most locked down country in the world. Massive protests. You know, the media said it was only three and a half thousand people. What we saw today were three and a half thousand very selfish buffets. The mainstream media is never, ever, ever going to be on our side because they are owned and controlled by the very people we are fighting against. They've identified that area as being a really strong area. Strong men, strong morals, strong customs. You are the toughest. You have the strongest family, community connections, religious connections. You guys are unbreakable. And they know that if they target and break you first, it makes it easier for them to break the rest of us. Stand the fuck up. Don't be the reason why our future generations look back and think, where the heck were they? This is the time. There is not going to be another time unless we shake this down. On that note, we'll close it out. Should I just read the list, the quote in that video? Well, real quick. It says, civil, civil disobedience becomes a sacred duty when the state becomes lawless or corrupt. Mahatma Gandhi. Stay curious, people. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay curious. <laughs>